downs and sideways of the sport of figure skating and maybe give you plus five GOE along the way. Let's introduce this week's hosts. Hi, I'm Evie and every year I forget how bad and crowded September competitions are and every year I struggle through these three competition weekends. You can find me on Twitter at DoubleFlots. Hi, I'm Kite. I was really hoping to have a lazy weekend but I'd honestly rather be here yelling about my children. You can find me on Twitter at MossyZink. And I'm Sam. Honestly, I'm just happy to be here. You can find me on Twitter at quadlets with an E4 edge call. Woohoo, guys! We're five out of seven Junior Grand Prix down, which is crazy already. It certainly doesn't feel like it. Exactly, the series has already gone by so quickly. We only have two left, and then the Junior Grand Prix final, and it's just crazy to think about that in just a couple weeks we'll be watching the Senior Grand Prix. I don't want to think about it. It doesn't exist yet. <laughs> we're just still focused on our children, and we're, today we're going to be focusing uh, on the middle three competitions in the series. There was Junior Grand Prix Riga from uh, two weeks ago, Junior Grand Prix Chelyabinsk in Russia, and then Junior Grand Prix uh, Gdansk in Poland, which was this week's one. So we're going to be covering three competitions this episode, so hopefully we'll get through them all without that much trouble. We can do it. I have faith. <laughs> so our team has been putting together playlists of all the notable performances that we like to watch from all the Junior Grand Prix. So you can pop on over to our YouTube channel, which is In Below Podcast, and check those out if you're interested to see more. Alrighty, let's get started and let's go with talking about the pairs. And there were only two pairs events in the three competitions that we're going to be covering. There was one in Russia last week and there was one in Poland this week. And there's only actually one more to go in the whole series as we all kind of know that pairs doesn't have as many uh, showings at the Junior Grand Prix because the field is very small. We're going to quickly run through the podiums and apologies in advance if we mess up the names. We did our best. (laughs) There's a lot of syllables this week. Okay, so for the Russian podium, we have, surprisingly, a Russian podium at the Russian Junior Grand Prix. So uh, in first place, we have Ksenia Akanteva and Valery Kolosov. Uh, In second, we have Yulia Artemiva and Mikhail Nazarichev. And in third place, we have Diana Mukhamitsanova and Ilya Mironov. And again, all three pairs on that podium were Russian. And then this weekend in Poland, we had in first place Apolinaria Panfilova and Dmitry Rilov of Russia. In second, we have Kate Finster and Balaz Nagy of the US. And in third, we have Annika Hock and Robert Kunkel of Germany. Whew, okay. Success. We got through it. All right, should we go on to talking about our gold medalists at uh, the Junior Grand Prix in Russia, uh, Akinteva and Kolosov? I wasn't completely surprised that they took the medal here, considering they were probably the top team in the field. Honestly, I'm still not completely sold on their interstellar short, which they've recycled from last season. Yeah, I'm not really sold on it either, honestly. I like that they're like kind of trying to stray from the mold of the very Russian like classical pairs, but I don't know, the soft piano of like the interstellar soundtrack doesn't really seem to suit them because they're such powerful skaters. They have a lot of personality as a team and it just it doesn't it's not the best vehicle for them to really distance themselves from the rest of the Russian field in my opinion. And it doesn't have as much growth performance-wise as you would want in a program that's been recycled. In all honesty, if I hadn't had to talk about them last year a couple times and watched it multiple times, I probably wouldn't have remembered that it was a recycled program. They're still a little bit ungainly in their step sequence and a little bit uh, smaller in the way they're moving instead of like elongating out and like really filling the ice. And it just doesn't look comfortable, which is kind of concerning considering this is their fourth season on the Grand Prix and they're still not able to like 
take another level up in performance. Like that's something you want to see as the years go by on the lower levels because that's where you should be learning how to do that. Especially with her because with pairs, like ideally you want both skaters to be performing and projecting outward. Ideally. <laughs> yeah, ideally. But but if you really do not have that lady like taking the stage and like owning the ice, it's really difficult to like get through a program sometimes. I think that their free skate works a lot better for them just theme wise. I think, you know, Pink Floyd, you know, that kind of, you know, rocky kind of style I think works with their skating a lot more. Although I kind of wish that they used like a different music cut for it because I think Shine On Your Crazy Diamond get can get a little repetitive if you listen to it for the whole like four minutes straight. I would have like maybe like to see them like cut maybe a different song or just, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be by Pink Floyd, but maybe something a bit more upbeat in the second half just so you know to keep everyone's attention because I found myself kind of dragging off towards the like latter half of it while watching it yes it does seem like they like the free skate a lot more and they're like definitely performing to it more than they do in the short but I do want to see like a little more expression on their faces when they're skating it's just kind of like very blank like they're going through the movements but they're not really like fully connecting with the music still and I'm like you guys are skating to Pink Floyd like wild wild out a little (laughs) Like, it's okay. It's helpful that, like, the Pink Floyd has, like, obvious musical beats that they can hit with all their elements. Like, the twist and the throw flip to open the program with the combo sandwiched in is, like, perfectly all-timed, and it gives you a wow factor that they can't necessarily bring themselves with their skating. So that's helpful, but, like, like you said, like, it just, as the program goes on, it gets a little bit too monotonous and you can't really keep fully engaged. Their side-by-side spins are still so nice, though. I really, I think they have some of the best. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, their elements, like, Russian pairs elements, guys. Mm-hmm. Out of this world. But their spins in general, like, they're, like, world-class, like, better than most seniors good. I remember <laughs> that was the thing I wrote down last year when I saw them, was just like, oh, wow, their spins are so in sync and so fast. How are they doing this and nobody else can? I do like some of their, like, choreographic elements or, like, movements and stuff. Like, you know, Senya's, like, catch-foot lift positions where she kind of, like, twists herself into a donut in the air I think is, like, really unique. But I think in general, even, like, with their tech, there are some things that I would like to see them improve on. Like, I want her to get kind of more height on the twists because it looks like she's almost like crashing into him as she like comes down and also their throw like their throw jumps are a little scary because he kind of throws her like out rather than up so she's like really struggling to get that last like half rotation in but like her free leg extension coming out is gorgeous so you know gotta look on the positive the running edge on the throw flip especially in the free was gorgeous that was great with that twist they get really really good height on it i just wish that she you know hit the split at the start more so she could get that level because that's the thing that i've been seeing for the last competitions not just with this team but overall a lot of the russian ladies and the pairs who just haven't been getting that split and been losing out on those couple marks for not getting the level fours because of it and i'm just like guys please extension splits please (laughs) yeah it's russian pairs elements guys i think it'll definitely be interesting looking forward to see how they match up against uh panfilova and rylov at the grand prix final because the top junior pairs title is definitely up for grabs now that Mishina and Galiamov are moving up to seniors. Yeah, I think that maybe if Akinteva and Kolosov were clean, uh, they could pose a threat. And But the likelihood of that, considering their last couple of competitions, is pretty low. Uh, and go- knowing Pamphilova and Rilov's track record, I'd still give them the edge just because, you know, they usually are pretty consistent and they can hit everything and get those really high grades of execution. And they've been breaking records. (laughs) And they've been breaking records too. Yeah. (laughs) 
All right, should we go on to talk about uh, our uh, bronze medalists at uh, Poland, Annika Hock and Robert Kunkel of Germany, which I think was a little bit surprising, especially to see Annika there, considering this is like a brand new partnership and we've seen her skate previously, uh, including at the Olympics last year with her previous partner. Yeah, I did not know you could go from seniors back to juniors. That was news to me. Small fed skaters tend to do that a lot. Like last year, Daniel Grazel... Uh, went to Euros. Alexi Krasnoshin competed on the Senior Grand Prix, but then went to Junior Worlds. Like, it happens sometimes. My question is, is why would you give a skater who previously went to the Olympics, then had to take a season off, and then go back down to Juniors with her new partner, a uh, program song, Wasting My Young Years? (laughs) (laughs) Really just got a hammer at home. That might be a little bit too appropriate. A little bit too ironic, I think, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, but... She's clearly not a junior. Like, it's so obvious when you watch her skate. It's a little bit like watching Yuna Shirayra. Watching her at Junior Worlds last year, where it's just like she's clearly on another level than everybody else around her. And it's just so stark when you see her next to everybody else because she's so much taller. She had so much more presence when she's standing there. Like, I remember sitting there looking at her being like, I know her. Where do I know her from? And I was like, oh, wait, she was a senior. Like, it's so obvious. Honestly, though, it's kind of a smart choice for them to go back to the junior grand prix just to get you know those international miles as a team and it's a good you know not too stressful place to maybe rack up a couple of you know season's best scores and try out some programs and hey you know they podiumed here they're going to be at croatia next week where they do have like a kind of a bit of a chance that they could podium then too so who knows what's going to happen looking on to who has qualified already for the grand prix final and who could potentially qualify panfilova and rylov um, with their win here at gdansk have made it to the final and akanteva and kolosov qualified with their win at russia looking ahead uh Pepelov and pleshkov still have a shot um, despite having mistakes here and then even though finster and nagy didn't have the best performance at lake placid with their medal here, they could potentially make it too. And then, of course, uh, Anika Hawk and Robert Kunkel um, have Croatia coming up, and they ha- if they medal there, they have a shot to make it as well. It's going to be interesting, because considering that we had, like, a mostly Russian Junior Grand Prix final last season, with the exception of the U.S. team, who had to uh, withdraw during the free skate last year. It's interesting that we probably could have a little bit more variety at the final considering we've got like especially with the po- the podium that we had at Gdansk with the fact that we had you know two out of three non-Russians on the podium it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Croatia next week I mean that that's just the general thing Croatia next week is going to be hell honestly <laughs> every field is freaking stacked what are you talking about it's gonna be great <laughs> the men is going to give me a stroke kite <laughs> everyone is there <laughs> it'll be fun we'll make it maybe well, some of the Russian pairs, like, from last season did move up to seniors this year, so I think there's, like, a couple spots that are open, potentially, for teams from other countries to kind of slip in. Yeah, pairs have been interesting for juniors this year, because Panfilova and Rylov have kind of, like, cemented their space as, like, the top pair, and then everybody else underneath them is still jockeying position to try and fill out the medal positions. I would say it's not as stacked with uh, top teams this year. Honestly, I was really expecting, like pre-season like during the offseason I was already like thinking like oh yeah so Kostiukovic and Elon this season is going to be like their time to shine because Machina Galimov aren't like taking up that top spot in the juniors anymore because they've moved seniors and now that they've had to withdraw 
from their Junior Grand Prix and it's just like, what's going on? But I'm like, I'm not upset that Pamphilova and Rilov are taking that top spot. Yeah, I am pleasantly surprised by them rising so quickly. Their pair elements are world class and they're better than everybody else. But it's nice to see a team that doesn't have the side-by-side jumps like succeed like in a major way. Like you can still like not necessarily have the most technical ability in every single area and still excel. So our men's podiums for the past three weeks in Riga, we had Andrei Mozilev from Russia, Seong Lee from Korea, and Daniel Samsonov from Russia. In Russia, we had Peter Gmenik, Artur Danilian, and Ilya Yabukov, all from Russia. And then in Poland, we had Daniel Samsonov, Yuma Kagiyama from Japan, and Daniel Grassel from Italy. A lot of Russian men. Yeah. Can we talk about Daniel Samsonov, who was at two of the events, uh, who podiumed at both and won one of them? Oh, boy. (laughs) There were choices made. It was a time. Just to start off on some positives, he is, like, genuinely an insanely talented skater for somebody so small. He's so small. He's so quick. He is so powerful. His jumps are like, have so much pop to them. They don't necessarily get as much height, but, like, for his size, they're big. Like, he's genuinely nice to watch. He has great upper body movement. He's elegant like with the way he moves. A little bit hurried because of the choreography, but, like, that's what you expect from Sambo 70, so that's not that surprising. Yeah, he's got really nice extension and lines, and his spins are really nice, too. I think he's very engaging. Yeah, he has great, like, upper body awareness for his age and for this being his first junior season. Mm-hmm. The short program especially is really nice, but in some ways I think that has more to do with the music because Rain in Your Black Eyes just builds so effectively and you can't help but, like, pay attention to it. And he's more choreographed to emotion rather than portraying it himself but he's 14 so that's and that's not that bad pretty much everybody at this stage does that but like it's just it's a good program is it worth 87 without a quad no i don't know about not only without a quad but like four points better than everybody else i'm not so sure i i think like i said i think he's a really good skater and he deserves like good goe i just don't know if he's deserving of like plus three plus four no matter what he does and that's kind of what he was given here in Gdansk. Yeah, looking at it, like, in comparison to the way that the other men were scored in the short program, his score definitely stands out as a bit of an outlier, especially not just the fact that he won by quite a number of points, and but, like, uh, even his technical elements, like, he doesn't have the best LUTs. It's, you know, flat, borderline, you know, on inside. Uh, that He's not the only one in that field that had that problem. We had Yuma Kagiyama, who also has uh, edge problems on his LUTs, and he actually got uh, an edge warning in the short program for it but Daniil who had a similar kind of issue didn't end up getting an edge warning on it and so didn't get like any sort of reduction in either the base value or GOE so you know that obviously affected his score going in considering this is only his second international outing and he's like fresh into juniors 87 seems a little bit excessive in my books at least it's the kind of scoring inflation that you're used to in ladies but like yeah. it's so off place in men <laughs> <laughs> Like, I can't remember the last time somebody, like, jumped up that quickly in the men and just, like, stamped themselves as, like, the top guy. Like, that doesn't happen very often with the men. Like, and, like, he made a jump from his first Grand Prix to his second that 
doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, he wasn't completely clean at at Riga, uh, and he wasn't clean here as, but in the free skate at least. But you know, yeah, the short program score, and then the free skate score, which is just a whole nother basket of eggs. That's oh boy. <laughs> I feel like in the free skate, especially because he had that like fall on the quadlets, and then Yuma was clean, and it was called under. Yeah, I don't think that he should have trailed Yuma and co- components just by point five. You know, especially not with the fall, because with the fall, like, if there's major mistakes, you have to start docking the component scores. So I'm really confused as to what happened there. Especially the fact with Yuma landed two really nice quad toes. Yeah, I've, Yuma wins all the technical component parts of PCS easily versus Daniel, I think. I think he has better skating skills. The transitions is questionable because Sambo 70, again, like, that's their bread and butter. They, yeah, I, w- I would give I would give Daniel the transitions. But yeah, he, like, he wins the technical parts of PCS. I would say, like, performance-wise, because they're both doing the similar thing of, like, it's choreographed performance. It's not, like performance from like them i would say that like that that being close is fine with me but honestly i'm more concerned about the fact that he won tes when he had a fall on his only quad and it was a healthy tes lead and then a healthy free skate lead and then a healthy overall lead when he had technically less technical content and had an under rotation and a fall. I honestly don't even really know how to talk about it because I can't make heads or tails of how it could possibly happen. Yeah, it doesn't make any kind of logical sense when you say it out loud. Or even just looking at their protocols, like you you don't even really have to watch them skate. Just looking at their protocols, you look at the two of them and you're like, well, how does that shake out? Like, I don't understand how this is second and that is first and like where the huge gap is between their skating because Yuma's small too but Yuma gets much more height on his jumps than Daniel does and he has the best knees out of anybody in the junior field like they're just absolutely incredible yeah I just don't get it (laughs) I will say that I think that like uh Daniel's free skate like I really kind of wish that they gave him two programs with kind of like different themes or different emotional like you know, themes, because I, I know that he is, you know, brand new on the junior scene. We're not expecting senior level performances here, but just, you know, giving him like an avenue to like explore maybe variety in expression would be nice to see. I mean, you know, it's very Sambo to give uh, skaters the same kind of program season after season after season. So I'm kind of worried on that front. Especially when they're so young. They're so young and they're skating to such heavy, dark music. And she's like, I just want to see you smile. I just want to see you have fun. (laughs) I guess his like, uh, what's going to be interesting is also looking at the way his scoring will change throughout the season. Like if he skates like to this level, or even if he skates like the free skate clean at a a later event, how his scoring will change and reflect that. Because considering how well he scored here, I mean, anything could happen. It'll be interesting to see if, like, this was just an outlier with the judges or, like, if this is really how, like, the judges as a whole see him, I guess. Because sometimes, like, that can happen where you get a judging panel that's super lenient for whatever reason for a certain group of skaters. And then they go to their next event and they're back down at a level that you would think would be acceptable or maybe, like, normal, like, scoring range. So that will be interesting to see if it was this was just Gdansk and the final will be different or if Gdansk was just the beginning of where, where his potential is scoring wise. Let's go back to uh, Riga and talk about Seong Lee of Korea who got a silver medal here. Korean men rising! Korean men! It's great, but also I realize that he's older than June. 
Jun Hua Cha, which is really weird. Oh my god, what the hell? What? I didn't know this kite! Jun is like the big, like it's the most interesting because he did one season of the Junior Grand Prix, then noped away after Junior World and just like, bye guys, I'm going senior. He's like, yeah, I'm going to the Olympics, see ya. Bye! But yeah, it's like, it was really bizarre to realize that. But I mean, he's like significantly older than, you know, the Russian juniors, any of the juniors, most of the juniors, really, and it definitely shows in his skating skills and his performance, like, his ice coverage, the use of his edges, his upper body movement is just, like, phenomenal. It's, like, leagues above the rest of the field, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm just so happy to see how much he's improved in comparison to last season, because last season, he was kind of lacking in the performance department and his skating skills. While they were good, they weren't, like, amazing out of this world, and he's really stepped up a notch in the offseason. You can tell he's been working really, really hard and I just I love to see that you know that kind of rise like that difference from like seeing like how he did at Junior Worlds or how he did the Junior Grand Prix last season now look he's nettling here and he's doing much better I love how he's like throwing himself into his performances in both programs and really like letting himself emote like he's less kind of element focused than he used to be last season I just I'm really excited for him (laughs) he fills the ice that's the thing about him. Like, he's a lot taller than everybody else, and because he's older, he's used to being taller. And because of that, like, he can really let himself just smoothly glide across the ice and, like, fill up the rink and, like, own it in a way that a lot of the junior men can't because they're getting used to their height or they're not tall enough yet to be able to do stuff like that. And, like, like Kite was saying, his arms are just elegant. <laughs> they're lovely. They're super controlled. Like, he holds positions in them. And I have this triple axel in his short program was just chef's kiss. really <laughs> good. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, his edge jumps are definitely a lot nicer than his toe jumps. He has a bit of a toe hammer that I would like to see him fix, or at least work on in the future. I think that that would be, like, his weaker point, if I had to pick one for him, was is his tech kind of still needing a little bit of polishing, I guess. But that said... When I heard he was skating to Andrew Lloyd Webber, I was like, oh, here we go again. And then it wasn't Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) I was so pleasantly surprised. I was like, wow, I almost forgot that he actually had other music that wasn't Phantom (laughs) of the Opera because that's all that skaters ever like skate to. Skaters are finally delving into the extended catalog of Andrew Lloyd Webber. (laughs) Yeah, we get Phantom, we get memories from cats. Honestly, where where is the Andrew Lloyd Webber School of Rock program, guys? I mean, get with the program already. Give us some more Jesus Christ Superstar. Bring that back. Only if there's the bright yellow pants. Has to be skated to in like banana pants. (laughs) Yes, yellow pants are required. Yellow pants. Speaking of outrageously tall juniors <laughs> and Phantom. Speaking about tall juniors and Phantom. Can we talk about Peter Gumanik and his growth spurt? Because this boy has grown up like a beanstalk. He's literally like six inches taller than he was. So I saw him at Junior Grand Prix Final last year and he was just like this little bean of a kid. And then I saw him here. I was like, wait, he looks really fam- I I've seen that face before, yeah. but I don't recognize him because he's so tall. It's ridiculous. I literally thought, I, I saw a photo of the podium on Twitter and it didn't have their names on it. And I literally was like, I do not know the gold medalist. Who is that boy? Who is that tall, leggy boy? Oh, wait a second. <laughs> oh, that that's Peter. Okay. Yeah. And, and you can tell he's not used to his height yet. Like, he's still skating a little bit. Like, he's short. Like, his his strokes haven't really elongated yet. And he don't he isn't really sure what to do with his upper body. And it's like he's stuck in his awkward phase. It's going to get better. But right now, it's just like, oh, you're not used to this yet, are you, hun? Well, the thing is, like, 
when skaters grow a lot in a short period of time, they do seem kind of stiffer on the ice or like they're less comfortable bending into their knees because suddenly they have like all this extra height that can come crashing down if they trip. But I think with Peter, that's actually not super pronounced, which is a good sign. I hope that he'll be able to hang on to like his technical elements. But this is like a problem he had last season as well that hasn't really been improved on too much is I'd like to see him cover more ice during the steps because he kind of combines a step sequence to maybe like the middle like half of the rink and then just doesn't really utilize like the edges that much. And I would I would like to see him get more ice coverage for sure. But I do love me some drama hands. He is the king of drama hands this season. I was so shocked to see the quad lutz in his free skate. I was not expecting it. I know that he was doing like a quad sal last season and it was nice. Like, but the quad lutz, I mean, I think he's overall just better at edge jumps versus toe jumps. They look a lot nicer and like his toe picking isn't the best. It's not super clean. I was, yeah, just a little bit surprised at the fact that he's adding that to his repertoire this season. Yeah, my thing about Peter's quad lutz that kind of concerns me is that it I don't know if it was the camera angle or if it actually looks like this, like in real time, but it seems to go straight up into the air rather than like across the ice. And it doesn't really have a lot of coverage, which concerns me as far as his rotations go, because he's still kind of jumping like he's short and he could just kind of rely on like being very, you know, small and light to like rotate quickly before he lands. And that's not going to work for him anymore. Yeah. The hardest thing when you've grown is like, readjusting your weight strength ratio like that's always the hardest thing and it's always why everybody's jumps get a little bit messy after their growth spurts because they're used to being smaller and they have to like build up muscle mass to be able to get used to their own height so it kind of seems like he's doing that thing where he's not necessarily aware yet how much strength he needs to use where he's at sometimes like he just needs to be using his legs a little bit more if he wants to like get a bit more height, get a bit more distance, because his rotational speed is never going to be the same that it was when he was so much smaller. He is no longer the tiny boy. Even his face looks so much older. He looks like he's four years older. Yeah, I'm like, I I know that person. Who is that? But yeah, he did he did struggle a little bit in the free skate with his landings, with kind of a couple step outs. Um, just seemed like he might have been kind of nervous, like skating in front of a home crowd. Maybe like, this is the first time really being out this season for him. I guess. It didn't look like it was a technical issue. Okay, let's talk about the silver medalist uh, here at Russia, Arta Danilian, who, you know, I think really surprised me because he's improved, again, so much over, like, the off-season. I remember seeing him, like, last season on the Junior Grand Prix. He's really matured into, like, a really nice performer. He's, like, outwardly emoting a lot more this season, which I really, really like to see. I just, yeah, I'm really impressed by him. This step sequence in his short program was like the perfect music for him because he's so quick and it's like the perfect kind of vehicle to be able to show that off and like show what his strengths are. And he has great strength in his upper body movements. Like there's a little too many of them, but he's holding the positions still. He's not like getting loosey-goosey with his arms. So that's nice to see. Just maybe like tone it down with how many you do. Yeah. But <laughs> it's a little bit too hurried, but not noodly. So that's good. Yeah. I think that's what made it seem a little like flaily to me was that there's, it's like a very fast paced program and he's trying to do all of these arm movements in a really short period of time. And so I would like to see him kind of hold, like, those positions longer. Holding positions longer, please. The theme for this season. Yeah, cut a few out and just let yourself, like, breathe. 
that's like generally the criticism for everybody's programs, but like especially with this because he does have really really good upper body strength with it, with how he's moving. Like it's it's great, but just a little too much. I'm very also really happy to see the fact that especially like last season when he was still kind of new, whenever he like was going into the entries for his jumps, the performance just kind of stopped, which is very common with a lot of younger junior skaters where they're still pretty you know focused on getting their elements out and they you know kind of stop emoting for a second just to make sure that they can you know squeak their jumps out I'm really happy to see that like that isn't so much of an issue with like his showings here he really kind of keeps on like emoting and smiling even through you know going into his jumps I really really liked that it's just like you know the small touches that make the program really nice and cohesive it's really nice when you can see improvement from season to season with juniors yeah especially when it's obvious improvement that's always like when you know that you, when you're seeing a skater like take a leap, like that's always so nice. So looking at to uh, towards the junior grand prix final, you know we we have uh, both Daniil and Yuma. They've both uh, pretty much solidified themselves with the spot at the final, which is very cool. And of course, as we've been saying about next week in Croatia, there are a lot of people there, uh, and there are a lot of men that could potentially qualify next week. Because we have uh, Andre Mosilev, Shunsato, Arta Danilian, Sihong Lee, Stephen Gogolev, and Alexa Rakic all there next week, which is going to be hell on my blood pressure. <laughs> and then the weekend after, we've also got a bunch of other second assignments like Peter Gomenik and Daniel Grassel, and just oh boy. <laughs> It's a mess. Just trying to predict the men's assignments for the final is just hell. Don't do it. Don't do it. Basically, anything can happen. <laughs> Alrighty. Should we head on to Ice Dance then? Sounds good. So, the podiums for Ice Dance. Uh, in Riga, we have Elizaveta Kudaiberdieva and Andrei Filatov of Russia in first. In second, we have Maria Kazakova and Georgi Revia of Georgia. In third, Sofia Tutinina and Alexander Shetitsky of Russia. And then on the Junior Grand Prix Russia podium, we have Elizaveta Shaneva and David Narizhny of Russia. In second, we have Diana Davis and Gleb Smolkin, also of Russia. And in third, we have Nadia Bashinska and Peter Beaumont of Canada. And lastly, in Poland, we have in first place, Avonlea Wen and Vadim Kolesnik of the US. In second, we have Luisia Demojo and Theo Le Mercier of France. And in third, we have Ekaterina Katinchinskaya and Alexander Vaskovich of Russia. <sighs> oh boy. We did it. All right. Yeah. Let's quickly just go over how the patterns are going. Uh, obviously, as I, uh, I said in the last episode when we were talking about uh, Courchevel and Lake Placid, it was kind of a rocky start in regards to pattern levels. I mean, you know, Tea Time Foxtrot, it's new. Not everyone is completely used to it. You know, the skaters aren't used to it. The coaches aren't used to it. Everyone's a little bit kind of question mark on it. But it's really good to see that, like, starting, like, we've had, like, across the last couple of weeks, across these last three competitions, we've had just, like, a steady incline uh, in levels which is really nice to see. It seems that everyone's getting a little bit more comfortable with the pattern. We still haven't had any like 100% clean performances of it yet. Uh, we had came close this week, although I think that the tech panel might have been a little bit lenient in some cases when I've been reviewing some of the key points and going like, mm, I don't know if I necessarily would have given that team that key point, but okay, tech panel, I guess, I'll, you know, you, you know best, I suppose. 
but yeah, I just it's good to see that the teams are kind of you know getting into the stride of the pattern and the season, and so like hopefully you know maybe in these next couple of events, well we might see a clean performance of one or possibly at the final or something. You know, it's good. We we like seeing improvement. I think it seems like the panel is generally a lot nicer to the juniors in terms of getting giving them the key points rather than the seniors because like at ACI last weekend I think like Piper and Paul got like a level one on their pattern or something so levels were a mess at ACI in general let's think about Elisabetta and Andre our gold medalists at Riga it's a new partnership and it's honestly this is no shade whatsoever but Andre might actually be a better partner for her than Nikita was because Nikita was a great skater and he could skate with her but he wasn't necessarily like trying to perform with her so like in the rhythm dance especially it was kind of like him like moving her around to show her off instead of like them both having a partnership and like trying to project outward together which honestly I didn't really have a problem with because Elisabetta is such a star that I was just like yes I don't mind looking at you for three minutes (laughs) it wasn't a problem but then you see Andre like actually trying to get to her level, which is extremely difficult because, like we said, she is just a talent when it comes to rejection. But like the fact that he's like actually trying, she's not having to like tone down her skating skills to be able to skate with him. Like they're really well matched together, and I, I really enjoyed them. Especially like there was a moment in their circular step sequence where he's holding onto her and she like lowers down into a Betsy and then changes her position to like elongate her legs out into a V while he's swinging her around and both position changes happen on like the guitar note in the song and like it's great I loved it (laughs) yeah it's like insane to me that they've only been together since May since like the offseason started and they already have such great sync and they skate and hold super well I agree I think they're a better match for each other than um Elisabetta and Nikita were and I just, I really love both of their programs. Like, I don't remember the last time I saw a team that had two programs that suited them so well. Like, usually, it's like, one of them is a really good fit, and then the other one, it's like, eh, it kind of seems like you're trying to, like, dip your toe into the water a little bit. But, I mean, I just love, like, the choreographic elements in both their programs. And, like, Elisabetta has such an expressive, dramatic face, and they really play it to their advantage. I love that they recognize that that's, like, a strength of hers, and that's what sets them apart from the rest of the field she's such a versatile performer and they really like sell it honestly when i saw that they were going to be skating to la la land and sign of the times i was just like "Mm, okay you're gonna need to like pull out all the stops to get me to like this for these programs i can already tell because i'm just general genuinely like not a huge fan of either of like those pieces of music but i was really pleasantly surprised when i really enjoyed both of their programs i think just their basic skating skills their lifts just all of their elements are so nice and the fact that they express it really well that they really like actively win you over it's just yeah i completely agree i think this is a really really special team it's just the fact that they've only been skating together for such a short time just makes me really excited to see how they're going to grow as a team and it just really bums me out we're not going to see them again on the junior grand prix due to the injury yeah it sucks because they definitely would have made the final and like had a shot at definitely meddling maybe even gold depending on how things shake out like obviously avonlea and vadim have had the the highest score so far this season but things always change when you actually have the top teams against each other with ice dance also their kiss and cries were so cute especially in the free dance where they found out that they won and lisa literally like squealed it was so high pitched yeah like they were so nervous when they saw the second place in the free dance and and, like lost it when they realized they were still first (laughs) that was so cute 
Let's talk about who actually ended up winning that free dance at Riga, though. Maria Kazakova and Georgi Revia of Georgia. Let's talk about that free dance because, oh my god, guys, how good was it? I'm sorry, but they win. They're skating to Link- a Linkin Park cover of the it is a cover of the end but they're skating to the end by lincoln park i have to say i am a white girl who grew up surrounded by my older brother's white friends that song is incredibly nostalgic and they win the season for skating to it yeah i was like to the first like rap section in the free dance i was just super confused because it was like during the steps and their steps were very smooth and like i would have thought they were skating to some kind of like classical music and then the second beat drop was so valid i was like Bopping. I love seeing skaters have fun during their choreo, and they were clearly enjoying themselves. The character step sequence is just, like, the probably the most innovative thing I've seen all year. <laughs> like, the cartwheel they do into the choreo lift where he's, like, spinning her behind his head. Like, it's so great. And then, like, the straight line rotational lift combo at the end of the program... Oh my god, it's so good. It's stunning. I loved it. I loved this program for them. Like last season when they had that uh, Kamina Burana free dance, I was kind of like, nah, I didn't think the classical theme kind of suited their style of skating. I think they're very like powerful skaters and they suit, you know, more modern pieces of music much more than they do classical. So I was really, you know, excited to see that not only did they have a really like, edgy free dance choice it really suited them and they pulled it off so well this is only their first showing of the season it just it just makes me think about how much this program is going to grow over the season i'm just i'm so excited for them i just i love I, these are my new kids i didn't adopt them last season but they have now officially been adopted i have filed the paperwork <laughs> yeah i can admit like i didn't necessarily get them as a team last year like i saw that they were talented but every once in a while i looked at their results and i was like oh i'm not necessarily sure i'd have you as high there as like the judges did but like this season i'm all in <laughs> I, they've sold me i i'm in like they're my favorites let's go and a quick uh, shout out also during Ariga for natalia de la alessandro and bruce waddell's free dance to i would do anything for love because one it slapped two that was just the craziest mode of wait is it gonna be that i would do anything for love or is it gonna be like a piano cover or something and three it slapped it was just yeah if you haven't watched it or go watch it already it is so good and i'm honestly really upset they didn't meddle sorry did it slap i didn't quite get that oh kite oh no yeah sorry kite it slapped. It slapped. It's so good. We had a lot of fun watching that. In Russia, we had a bit of a surprise third place finisher, I think. Nadia Bashinska and Peter Beaumont from Canada. They have broken the potato curse of Canadian teams. Although we had another potato medal theory in, uh, in Gdansk this week. So they did not break the, the curse, but they ended the streak. They, I, I didn't really know anything about them before this season. I was like really pleasantly surprised. I think especially Nadia has just really soft knees and she does she's not afraid to bend into them so she her skating has this very like light airy quality but I think is quite lovely and she has great upper body awareness like especially in her arms you know in the in the rhythm dance the way she's kind of like moving her fingers to the music and the way she like extends her arms her arm choreo reminds me of like a ballerina honestly like I'm sure she's taken ballet lessons but it, it's very clear like the amount of awareness that she has um and she does have like kind of long limbs, so it can appear gangly at worst if she doesn't have good control of like, you know, what her arms and legs are doing, but she does rein it in for the most part. Yeah, definitely a really nice surprise to see them like do so well here. Yeah, they skate big, which is a huge separator at this stage because like some teams are a little bit smaller and like 
can't get the like ice coverage that they are. Um, I will say, though, that it's a little bit unfortunate that they're skating to The King and I, because while that is a classical musical that everybody knows, it is a classical musical that has not aged well, which is especially stark this season if you've been following some of the program choices people have made. So I wasn't necessarily thrilled to see that. But they're lovely. They're lovely skaters. I was really surprised by their showings here, considering, you know, as we said, I, we'd never really heard of them before. They're a brand new team kind of on the Junior Grand Prix. I didn't really know what to expect uh, going into watching them. And then, yeah, they have twizzles in particular are really, really nice. Sometimes they can get a little bit wonky on the exits because they go so fast that I think they kind of, you know, go, they got lo- so fast they're kind of losing traction and kind of wobble out of them a little bit. So that might be something they want to, you know, focus on. Uh polishing up in the later half of the season and also the fact that sometimes they kind of do disengage with the performance overall especially during the step sequences I found that Nadia uh, her facial expression kind of dropped part way through and she was really focused on you know hitting her edges which you know they have really nice edges they've got really good solid skating skills I just really want them to you know follow through and make it like a whole cohesive program I mean they are they do train with uh, Carol Lane, and so they're with, you know, skaters like Piper and Paul, who are, you know, masters at uh, performance and expression. So, you know, they're in good hands in that case. So, you know, hopefully, given time, they'll improve on that. Yeah, I definitely saw a little bit of, like, her channeling Piper Gillis a little bit with the very dramatic facial expression in this short program. But I think it did come across as a little bit campy, especially knowing kind of the context of, of that music. I think maybe they could tone it down just a little but I do appreciate them trying to engage with the music and I like how thematically different their rhythm dance and the free dance are um because the free dance is a lot more like operatic and dramatic and like heavy I think it's a really clever choice for their team to kind of start establishing that reputation of them being versatile skaters so going on to Gdansk uh, we wanted to talk about the silver medalists here Luisia and Theo uh they were also the silver medalists back in week one in Courchevel uh, and they continued their silver streak with a second place finish here. So, yeah. What do we think about their Carmen but make it club program, guys? Listen, a club Carmen is valid. I will <laughs> die on this hill. I mean, it's interesting. I'll give it that. I think the program itself, though, is a little bit too cluttered. Like, they're always constantly moving and they're not really giving themselves a chance to breathe and, like, show off, which kind of like again like that's a common criticism for most skaters senior or junior so it's not that surprising um i will say though i kind of wish she didn't go to the tanith belvin school of costuming (laughs) for those who don't know there's actually a rule about how much skin you can show because during a latin season tanith belvin decided that she was just barely going to wear a dress which is a little bit not the best choice for a junior skater who's young like she is so it was maybe just Put a little bit more cloth on, <laughs> just it's, a little bit. It's a, it's a quite a lot of midriff, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not so low on the hip, and we'll be a little bit better. Um, but yeah, but like I, I really like them. I just want them to like slow it down a bit and like take some of the movement out and just let it breathe. Yeah. Honestly, the program, I wasn't completely sold on it when I was watching it for the first couple times until it got to the choreo character step sequence with the crazy movements to the music, the da na 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 Yeah, like when they're right in front of the judges and the faces that they're making, it's so funny. It's so, it's so good. I love that kind of stuff. It really just, I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, this is fine, kind of, you know, I'll watch this. It's not really engaging. And as soon as they started doing that, I'm like, okay, you've got my attention. 
And I have to say, I do like her hair better in the ponytail than down with the bun up on top that she had at Courchevel. It, it just looks nicer. I think that, like, uh, they've definitely improved this season in like, comparison to last season with their expression. I think last season they were kind of a little bit monotone throughout both of their programs. It's nice to see that they have kind of variety in their rhythm dance, which is kind of, you know, more jazzy and bluesy versus their more, cl- well, classical and inverted commas free dance. Yeah, I think just kind of a small, like, nitpick. Like a lot of junior teams, they do tend to let their expression and performance kind of fall to the wayside, especially during the pattern and the rhythm dance because they're concentrating on getting your steps and levels. So... In general, I'd like to just kind of see them emote more throughout their program instead of, you know, being like, oh, okay, the steps are over. Now we can, like, really perform. Honestly, I want them to bring back their Metallica free dance from last season. Oh, that was great. So looking forward to the Junior Grand Prix final. So Kudabertieva and Filatov unfortunately did wa- withdraw from their second Junior Grand Prix assignment due to illness, which potentially leaves a spot open for another team to slip in. And also Ushakova and Nekrasov, who have not competed yet this season, but were slated to at the last two um, Junior Grand Prix withdrew from both of those as well. So it looks like at this point, Shaneva and Narjni are poised to be the top qualifying Russian team. And then Avonlea and Vadim are the top qualifiers um, of the whole field going to the Junior Grand Prix final. They have two gold medals, one at Lake Placid and then one in Poland. And they've got the highest scores so far. So. And then the French team, Loisha and Theo. Um, also qualify for the Junior Grand Prix final with two silvers. Did Diana and Gleb get two silvers too? They did, so they qualified as well, yeah. It's very, yeah, interesting to see how the Junior Grand Prix final field is going to be shaking up, especially with the withdrawals that we've had. Like, I know that uh, Ushakova and Nekrasov, I know that Maxim apparently had uh, leg surgery over the summer, and so uh, obviously some kind of, you know, healing process isn't going uh as well if they've had to withdraw which is really sad i really hope that they are able to you know take a little bit more time to get sorted for maxim to recover a little bit hopefully maybe come back for russian junior nationals i mean that's not you know russian junior nats aren't usually until january so they've got quite a lot of time to you know get this get themselves together get their programs together hopefully make a good case for them to potentially go to junior worlds because I think that if they manage to recover enough to be able to skate at the level that they did last season they should have no problem uh you know making that argument that they should be on the team yeah I, I kind of feel like I stands is a little bit like pair is not as bad this year not as bad bad's not the right word chaotic yeah like it's kind of similar in that like there's not like there aren't as many top teams where you're like oh yeah that's the team that's gonna win here like these are the three placements we know how the standings are shaking out like it's a little bit more like up in the air there too not as bad as with pairs again I'm using bad not as obvious as pairs but still like there's a lot more movement going on this season than there was last season I think yeah and that makes everything way more interesting to watch yeah it does like and there's more variety of countries that are making podiums and like cementing themselves like last year it was like the top four Russians uh, La Joie and Laga and then uh, Avonlea and Vadim and that was kind of like that was the field where now there's a little bit more wiggle room with who's there and who's not yeah, there's just a whole lot of shakeups that make the current field really interesting to watch because you never really know what you're going to get. It's all really dependent on how everyone skates in that particular day. So, yeah, definitely interesting. All 
right, moving on to ladies. Our podiums for Riga, we have Hyun Lee of Korea, Daria Usasheva from Russia, and Rino Matsuike of Japan. At Russia, we have Camilla Valieva, Senya Sinitsina, and Victoria Vasilieva of Russia. And at Poland, we have Alyssa Yu of the United States, Victoria Vasilieva of Russia, and Anastasia Terakonova of Russia. For qualifying, Camilla and Alyssa both have made the final. They have two goals. Victoria is looking good to qualify with a silver and a bronze, and then Anastasia has a chance with her two bronze as well. Siyoung could potentially make it with the silver and the fourth, and then there are people to come at Enya with Haya and Daria in Croatia and Senya in Reno and Enya. Yeah, I think the next couple of events are going to be kind of interesting because the field isn't quite as deep as it has been in these like last five events. So it's really those last couple of like spots are really up for grabs by anyone who manages to skate well, it seems like. Yeah, it's just it's going to be a real interesting Junior Grand Prix final, especially just looking at which countries are going to be there. But considering like the track record of like the you know the Russians and the one outlier, five Russians and one uh, yeah exactly like last season we had five Russians, one Korean skater, and then the season before that we had five Russians and Rika. <laughs> so I guess this season is going to be a little bit more mixed up, which you know I'm all for. I love seeing the fact that a lot of lady skaters from a, a bunch of different countries are, you know, rising uh, to the top. You know, it makes everything a lot more interesting. For sure. And looking on to the final, like we said, both Camilla and Alyssa have qualified, which is especially interesting because you can tell that they're pushing each other despite the fact that they haven't competed against each other yet. With Camilla adding another quad to her free program and Alyssa deciding to attempt a triple axel combo in the short. Like, they're both obviously trying to maximize as much as they possibly can on technical content when they for when they eventually do meet each other later. Yeah, so I would personally give Camilla the edge going into the Junior Grand Prix Final based on what has happened already. Obviously, I can't say for sure what's going to happen. If Alyssa does end up, you know, adding the triple axel and combo in the short program, which no other lady has done yet, that'll be interesting to see, like, how her scores change. But I think, like, with Camilla, it's been, it's pretty clear this season that the judges really like her. We saw in Russia, she scored 148 in the free skate, and that was with a fall. And I, for me, she is the more compelling skater, despite, you know, having some issues with really projecting to the audience just because she creates such a beautiful picture on the ice. She has those like lines and extension and it seems really effortless. Like her programs definitely aren't, you know, the best, but she does manage to integrate the jumps and the choreo pretty seamlessly in a way that I think I've yet to see from Alyssa yet. I think for me, the only major difference is that I just find Alyssa more enjoyable to watch when she's feeling herself and like really trying to like there's a joy that comes from Alyssa that Camilla just doesn't have when she skates like honestly as beautiful as Camilla is every once in a while I just can't help but feel a little bit sad watching her which is not something you necessarily want even with somber programs you don't want to feel sadness coming from the skater themselves where where, like Alyssa it's just like she has the most charming smile you can imagine like she just is so happy to be there but I would agree that like technically Camilla is a lot better and I would expect her if everything shakes out clean to have a pretty healthy lead yeah with Alyssa I think the fact that she tried to you know up her technical content in the short program in Poland you know adding the triple axel triple toe 
she did end up popping the loop, the triple loop, into a double loop, which, you know, made her score sink quite down quite a bit in the short, which she made up for in the free skate. But uh, I think the fact that she was kind of, you know, so focused on, you know, eking out that triple axel combo, kind of her performance wasn't as compelling here, at least in my opinion, as it was in Lake Placid. She wasn't as, like outwardly projecting or as you know smiley as she was back in Lake Placid I think it was a little bit less so you know less compelling she still you know did a really good job all things considered (laughs) yeah and I guess the placement of the triple axle in the short was a little bit much it didn't necessarily fit and she took so much time to get into it and Alyssa isn't the fastest skater especially when she's going into jump she tends to slow down so it kind of like takes away from what is normally a really compelling performance considering her age. Yeah. And honestly, I don't really think that she needs the triple axel triple toe in the short program considering the scores that she gets when she's clean with just the triple axel triple toe. I mean, you know, it's all for saying, you know, having a technical edge, but the difference in base value between both layouts isn't very huge. And, you know, she can, we've already seen that she can get those higher GOEs if she, you know, skates a clean short and she's, you know, able to get those higher scores. I don't necessarily think that this is the right choice, you know, going forward. I think it probably would be a little bit safer to, you know, stick with the lower the lower tech layout and have the higher possibility of skating clean rather than upping the technical content and like increasing the chance that she might not go clean and might not be able to make up a gap you know, later in the free skate. Yeah, it all just depends. Like, with Alyssa, I'm not always worried about her not completing her jumps. She does them all of the time. But, like, I guess I'm just hesitant for juniors to be pushing boundaries that they don't necessarily need to. Like, there's a reason why the triple axle can only be done in combo in the short and not as the solo jump, and I kind of wish that we just kept it that way, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Let's go on to talking about the gold medalist here at Riga, uh, Hain Lee from Korea. Woohoo! The first Korean lady to win a junior Grand Prix since 2012, guys! Korean skating rise. <laughs> I think, yeah, with Han, her, I mean, she's beautiful. Her skating is beautiful. Her awareness of her movement is really stunning for someone so young. And her, her free skate, guys, like, that final step sequence. Once fire dance kicks in, the whole thing, like, kicks off and she sells the crap out of it. Before that, it kind of gets a little draggy during the river dance part, but the fire dance part is like, oh, yeah. It pops off. As soon as she finishes her jumps and, like, lets herself, you know, relax a little bit and go like, okay, all of the jumps are out of the way. I can fully, like, throw myself into this last step sequence of really emote. And you can just, you know, you see that smile on her face and it just immediately draws you in. It's just so good. It's really effective as a step sequence I really love her movements in it because she like her movements in it are pretty fast but they don't seem like overly hurried or overly choreographed like in comparison to other programs we've seen where you know they're trying to hit every single musical accent uh and it can look a little bit all over the place I think uh Hayen does a really good job of you know using a lot of upper body movements but making it seem you know less flaily or more refined and I really, really enjoy that. She has super soft hands. She does, yeah. She does have a little bit of a tendency, I think, to rush her steps and her movements, especially when the music is picking up and she's like obviously, you know, wanting to keep up with it. I want her to show down just a tad to make sure she's getting all of her levels. Um, because it's really a shame when you see like such a compelling step sequence that really draws you in at the end, it's like, oh, level three. I would like to see her kind of 
really like not hop her steps and things like that. I would like to see her have a little more facial expressions. Like you said, she was really focusing on the jumps. So I definitely understand that. But you know, like once she like opens up a little bit, I want to see a little bit more of it on her face and just generally kind of some like technical nitpicking. She does have a bit of a toe hammer. I want her to like pay more attention to kind of having more of a clean pick when she's going into her toe jumps. Um, but you know, great rotations, uh, nice and tight. Just want her to hold her landing edge a little bit more when she's coming out. Honestly, I wasn't completely sold on her skating last season. I think that she wasn't really performing like to the music uh, as much as she could have last season, but she's definitely made, you know, massive improvements over the off season and now is, you know, here to kind of make an argument that she can compete for those top spots. And so, yeah, she's got, I think she's going to be in Croatia next week uh, and she is going to be matched up again with Daria. So I'm wondering how that's going to work out because, you know, Daria wasn't clean here at Riga. So it'd be interesting to see if she goes clean next week, how the scores will line up with each other. Yeah, it's just in general going to be really interesting. Let's go on to talk about our bronze medalist, Rino Matsuike, who is our so far only Japanese lady to make a JGP podium this time, which is strange. Very, yes. <laughs> yeah, the last two seasons have been a little bit. Not what we're used to seeing when it comes to Japanese ladies skaters meddling. I mean, I was really surprised, like pleasantly surprised with Rino skating. She has the softest knees. Like, seriously, all other federations, please send your ladies to Japan to teach them how to bend into their knees. Because it just, it makes the skate, it's like such a small thing, but it makes the skating like so much more appealing and smooth. Well, her knee action really reminds me of like skaters like Shoma, which can, you know, make sense considering she trains with Mihoko, who is, you know, his ex-coach now, which is still weird to think about and weird to say. But uh, yeah, she, he's, she's definitely got that kind of really soft knees and ability to, you know, even if the landings are a little bit shaky, she can still save them pretty easily just because just she could really, you know, put all that force and tension down and bending her knees and making sure that she was able to stabilize those landings and, you know, carry it off really effortlessly, which is really, really good to see. And, you know, she definitely, she carries herself like a, a skater that is, you know, much more mature considering this is only her first Junior Grand Prix. I, you know, she definitely skates like she's been competing for a while if you know what I mean yeah she has a really good sense of timing when it comes to the choreography and um her elements she's also incredibly light smooth as you can get super airy and just elegant even if the music isn't the most engaging I wish they would give her some costumes with better illusion mesh we just really need to start a crowdfunding thing to like get junior skaters (laughs) especially like correct mesh like there's no reason a top skater should be going out there wearing orange mesh that's completely wrong. I'm wondering because, you know, because it's Mihoko's camp, I'm wondering if she goes to the same costume designer as uh, Mako Yamashita, who has also really tragic illusion mesh at some point. Yeah. I would like to crowdfund some better mesh for them because it just makes, it's really distracting when you see that kind of difference in skin tone in comparison to the illusion mesh and it really like draws away from you know their performances because you're looking <laughs> you're focusing so much on the fact that their mesh doesn't actually like match the color of their skin or at least that's what I feel when I watch it yeah no you're right <laughs> okay should we go on to talking about uh Victoria Vasilieva who was our bronze medalist at uh, Russia and our silver medalist at Poland you know kind of cementing a place uh probably at the final Honestly, I was really kind of surprised to see her both of the events, the fact that 
she has really, I thought, improved since last season. Last season, she didn't really sell me on her performances. I noted, like, I noticed that she had really good basic skating skills. Her jumps were kind of, you know, in the middle of the field, kind of like, okay, they're not terrible, but you know, I'll 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 watch them kind of thing. But she didn't really like sell me on her programs or performances last season, but I think especially with her short program, which is Tron uh, and the Fifth Element, I think that kind of, you know, darker, heavier, but also kind of fun music really suits her skating. And honestly, her skating skills have improved so much since last season. Yeah, she's another one that like is really using her knees and her legs to like vault not only up in her jumps, but like across the ice. And it, again, it's really stark because that's like a huge, huge like differentiator at juniors in this stage is like the skaters who are taking up the ice and the skaters who are maybe a little bit more, smaller. Um, I will say it's an interesting choice not only to recycle the free, but to then do Fifth Element for your short program. So you have two programs with music that are done by two skaters, Alexandra Trusova and Anna Sherbakova, who used that music previously, so you can't help but compare it to these really famous skaters from your own country. Um, that's a little bit tough, because like you're always kind of stuck thinking about that. But I will say, the step sequence in the short program, I would say, is better than what Trusova did in her free skate last year. Her skating skills are a little bit better. The movements are a little bit more controlled. I don't know if I think her projection is better, because I do think that's where Victoria has some problems, is her projection and her performance still isn't like top level. It's good, but not great. Like you said, she's getting better, but I would say it's a better choreographed piece than what Atrusiva did last year. But yeah, but like, it's just weird. Like, I don't know why you would want to draw that comparison at this stage. <laughs> yeah, nothing, I guess for me, nothing about her skating really stands out to me or like sets her apart from the other Russian juniors, but she is pretty consistent and she does deserves credit for that, obviously. Um, I think with her tech, like she does tend to rotate the second half of some of her triple-triple combos with her back. Because she kind of, like, does that swingy arm thing where she's, like, really generating force from her upper back. So that does concern me a bit. But generally, better tech than most of the Russian juniors out there. So got to give it to her for that. Let's go on to Poland and to Tomoe Kawabata of Japan, who finished in fifth. She did get on the podium in the short program, but unfortunately had some errors in the free, which caused her to drop down which is really upsetting because I absolutely love Tomoe. I love her skating so much. There always has to be that one junior skater that you can't help but love, but you know they can't skate a free skate. You know it's coming, but it breaks your heart every single time. Last year it was Camden, this year it's Tomoe. There's always that one, and it's just so unfortunate because she has the best Lutz technique, period, bar none, end of discussion. There's really no other way to think about it. It's just beautiful. And it's so unfortunate to see, like, especially in the free, like, you see her getting too close to the boards and you're like, oh, you're not going to be able to combo. You're not going to be able to combo. And then she does it. And you're just like, oh, here we go again. (laughs) You know, if she just puts two programs together once, that'll be it and she'll be off running. But she just has to, like, get over the hump and do it. Her jumps are just so, 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 so good. But like Sam said, I'm really concerned because she's been struggling with her free skates for, like, since last season. And it's it looks like it's really becoming, like, a mental block for her where, like, physically like she's trained for it she's capable of doing it but then she gets out there and it's just like she kind of like freezes up and you know can't land her jumps and like this kind of ties into the larger theme for me of just generally being kind of concerned about the state of the Japanese junior ladies this junior grand prix that they you know they've only had one lady on a podium and 
you know, five events and generally there seem to be some issues going on with like all of the ladies that are on the Junior Grand Prix this season and with them kind of struggling for one reason or another. I mean, we have like, obviously the fact that, you know, the top junior lady last season, Yuhana, has gone into seniors because she's aged out of juniors. We, you know, Rion Sumiyoshi had to withdraw from her junior Grand Prix because she broke her ankle a couple of weeks ago. And then we have, you know, the a large portion of the Junior Grand Prix crop who are pretty inconsistent in competition. You know, skaters like Tomoe and uh, Moa as well. And then we also have, like, quite a large number of Japanese juniors that are, you know, pretty brand new to the scene. Skaters like Mana and Azusa, they are, you know, this is their first Junior Grand Prix season. And they don't have the experience uh, necessary to you know put together two clean compelling programs just yet so yeah Japanese junior ladies is just kind of all over the place right now and I am kind of concerned this is probably going to be the second year running that Japan doesn't have any ladies in the junior grand prix final and I'm just I'm concerned we'll have to see how Reno does in her second assignment I guess and if she'll be able to uh, make the podium there and possibly uh, get to the final but yeah it's definitely uh, murky waters in regards to Japan uh, qualifying some junior ladies I guess yeah but it happens sometimes I mean we're just coming off a period where the ju- the Japanese junior men were having a bit of a downswing and now they came out and like won the first two Grand Prix easily so like sometimes it happens where there's a little bit of a lull and then the next generation comes up and they're they're back on top so it's a little bit concerning but maybe not as concerning because we know the like skating culture in japan it's fine like there's no issues there it's not like they're losing enrollment in skating they're gonna be okay okay let's wrap up uh talking about gdansk by going on to our bronze medalist anastasia tarakanova who i think surprised a lot well at least the judges surprised a lot of us with their scoring of her especially in the free skate yeah i don't quite understand what happened with scoring here because she did have a completely clean free skate and by far the best tech of the top three ladies um, at Gdansk, but she was quite lowballed in grade of execution. And maybe PCS to a lesser degree, like, I would personally put her at least three points above Alyssa in components. Like, maybe she doesn't really have, you know, the performance aspect of it down pat, but I think all of the other, you know, categories of PCS, you could argue giving her, like, significantly more. Um, And you could see it on her face, too, in the kiss and cry during the medal ceremony that she was pretty confused by her score, I was just, yeah, I was also quite confused, to be honest. I didn't really know what was going through the judges' heads when they scored her, but, um, yeah, it was unfortunate because she did have, you know, a much stronger Junior Grand Prix this year than she did last year, and it doesn't seem like she's being rewarded as much for it as she should be. Yeah, I don't know if this is maybe, like, an effect, like, of a reputation thing, because remember, she did have a coaching change over the season, over the off-season, She's gone through quite a lot in the last couple of years. Obviously, she used to train with uh, Ateri Tuparetsi at Sambo and then moved uh, last uh, season to uh, Evgeny Poshenko, uh, his camp. And then in the off-season, she's moved back to her uh, original coach, uh, Svetlana Panova. And so, you know, that's a lot of changes to go through in just a couple of years. I don't, you know, necessarily know if the, that just, you know, her scoring could be an effect of the Russian Federation not sure if they can 
trust her to put out good performances considering all of that. I was definitely shocked to see her scores here. And honestly, you know, I think she has the right to be, you know, as obviously confused as she was in the kiss and cry with her scores. I mean, if if I got those kind of scores in the free skate after the skating like that, I would be, you know, outwardly confused as well. Yeah, I guess for me, I agree with the score in isolation because I generally think that juniors has kind of gotten off the rails the last couple of years when it comes to scores. Lady skating in general, kind of the wheels kind of came off with scoring inflation all the way back in 2014. And I don't know, necessarily know how to fix it at this point, but like in isolation, I think that was a fair score. The problem comes when you compare it to everybody else. Because, yeah, her landings are a little bit tight in the jumps, but they're not any tighter than anybody else. Like, it's not like many of the other other skaters have gorgeous running edge coming out of their jumps. Yeah, she, her skating skills, like, are good, but they're not, like, top tier, but, like, not many of the other skaters are either. So it's confusing to see somebody get plus threes in GOE for similar mistakes that she has, and she's only getting plus ones and plus twos. And it's doubly confusing when you consider that she's benefited from that inflation in the past. Well, I mean, her first junior season, she was winning easily until she got to the final when she had to go up against Kostanaya and Trusova. But, like, before that, she won her first Grand Prix pretty easily then. And, like, everybody was like, oh, hey, here's here's one of the next ones coming up. So, yeah, I can see why she herself was confused, even if, like, I think if we had more scoring like that, we would be better off. Yeah, I think I'm generally, like Evie said, a little bit concerned for her because it did seem like the Russian Fed was politicking pretty hard for her. You know, when she was with the Terry, and then even a little bit when she was with Pashenko, and then it was like, she kind of struggled at the final last year, and, you know, it didn't make a junior world, and then had all those coaching changes, and then suddenly they're like, oh, well, you know, maybe our attentions are better focused on, like, you know, like Camilla and like kind of some of the other rising Russian juniors. And she definitely has a shot at qualifying for the final, depending on how the next two events go. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. In general, just, yeah, the next two events are going to be, especially next week in Croatia, it's going to be really intense. I highly recommend anyone listening to this who, you know, hasn't really actively followed, you know, the competitions uh, for the last five weeks, you know, in detail. I think if you were going to watch any competition, Croatia is probably the one to, you know, tune into just for the fact that all of the fields are pretty deep. You want to just jump right into the deep end. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah. (laughs) Go watch some Hellfire. (laughs) So our shout out of the week goes to the crowd at Chelyabinsk in Russia. The event was completely sold out weeks in advance. Uh, The Russian fans were super supportive, super excited about everybody. Um, and you can really see like how eager the Russian public is to support skating, which obviously we love to see here. Honestly, I was so shocked when like last week or the week before when Ted was going through like the next events in the Junior Grand Prix, you know, running through the dates and stuff. And then he was said like, oh yeah, tell you bits, the event is like all sold out. And I was just did like, basically did a spit take because I was like, excuse me, a Junior Grand Prix event that is completely sold out. Not only a Junior Grand Prix that was completely sold out, but a Junior Grand Prix that was in an arena and sold out. Like most of the time they can barely get the like, recreational rings filled and like this place was packed at least probably like 3,000 people it was insane I was just so shocked and like surprised but just it was so comforting to see all of these people turn up to show like to support these junior skaters that's the kind of support they need because you look at the crowds at all of the other events and they're you know sparse to say the least at most times you don't get a lot of people showing up to go see Junior Grand Prix, which is sad because most of the time Junior Grand Prix are either free to attend or basically like nothing. They're really 
really affordable because, you know, the feds that are hosting them are either really small or they know that not that many people are going to actively, you know, want to go support juniors unless they're like family members of the skaters or extreme hardcore fans of juniors. But yeah, just seeing that amazing crowd at Russia, it was so comforting. It was just, yes, support the children. Russia's doing it right. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you again for our next episode. And we'd like to thank our wonderful research team for putting this episode together. Um, obviously, the people who transcribe and do quality control for this episode. And as always, Evie for editing all the audio and Gab for designing our beautiful graphics. Uh, and of course, thank you to Sam for stepping into this episode at the very last minute. <laughs> we contacted her last night and asked her to uh, host this with us. So yes, thank you, Sam. No problem. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, please feel free to contact us via our website in the lowpodcast.com or on Twitter or Tumblr. And you can find our episodes on YouTube, on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher and Spotify, anywhere podcasts are sold, you can find us. Yeah, and if you enjoy the show and want to help support us, then please consider making a donation to us on our coffee page. And we'd like to give a huge thank you to all the listeners who have contributed to our team so far. And you can find all the links to our social media pages and our coffee on the website. If you're listening on iTunes, please, please consider leaving a rating and a, a review if you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. This has been Sam, Evie, and Kite. See you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.